Good morning. Shalom. Good morning. It's so good to be good with you, to you again. <laughs> I can't wait actually to visit you in person. Uh, hopefully, as soon as uh, it's possible to travel, I will make it my priority to visit with you. I can't, literally, I can't wait to travel again. But praise God for the technologies that uh, we can use to get in touch in this way. Well, uh, we just celebrated uh, a number of uh, Jewish holidays, the Jewish uh, fall high holidays. And it's always a great opportunity to share the gospel with the Jewish people. This year, it was absolutely unusual, as you can imagine, right? So we uh, couldn't have a decent crowd in our rooms, so we, we had to have only a certain number of people. But, you know, outside, we made a tabernacle, so a sukkah. And uh, during the whole week, according to the Jewish uh, tradition, and uh, as the Bible says, people were visiting us. And we had a number of Jewish people, uh, Russian Jews, Israelis, German Jews, visiting us in this uh, sukkah. And it's a tradition to sit there, to talk, to eat something small, or to bring some food with you, and uh, to drink, for example, tea, It's because it was already pretty chilly outside. So uh, we enjoyed a number of uh, different conversations witnessing to a number of Jewish people, it was great. To be honest, this holiday season, we reached out to more Jewish people than ever before, particularly through the technologies. Unfortunately, at the same time, our outreach could not be so personal in depth, uh, in, in depth as it, usual, as it uh, used to be in different circumstances. However, uh, our conversations in the in the sukkah uh, was were really good, and I remember one day there were seven uh, Russian Jews sitting with me in this sukkah, and we were talking about God, and all seven of them are atheists. They don't believe in God. They don't believe that God exists. The best what they can say is sort of like, uh, you know, there is a like force, universal force that is there, but not necessarily personal God. So we were talking back and forth. And some of you, you know my story. I'm the third generation of Jewish atheists. My parents didn't uh, believe in God. My grandparents didn't believe in God. I was, not, uh, I was not believing in God. Even as a child, as a student, I was raised this way. There is no God. Only like atheism, materialism. Uh, what you see exists. What you can prove with science exists. Everything else, not. So nothing spiritual. At the same time, as a child, I remember there was like a very strong thunderstorm. And I was a young child, probably like six years old or maybe seven years old. Six is more 
uh, is more the, was probably more the case. And I remember I, uh, I came to the window during that thunderstorm and I was afraid of something. I was afraid of of God to a certain uh, to a certain extent, and I was trying to tell to myself and to God that He doesn't exist. And I was even like showing uh, sh showing to Him my face and just like saying, "You you don't exist." And I was trying to tell some bad words to Him. I mean, child, bad words. Don't think that I was cursing at that time. No, but I was just like. There is no God. You don't exist. And at the same time, I had a fear that somebody will hit me, would hit me on, on my head. So I, I pushed my head into my shoulders. Again, nobody in my, in my extended family believed in God at that time. I didn't know any believer among my friends, family, or even like neighbors. No one believed in God. What pushed me to this understanding, probably the work of God in my, uh, in my heart, probably some connection, some spark of the divine presence that he put into myself, probably by my creation. So sitting in a sukkah with these Jewish atheists, we were talking science, we were talking back and forth about evidences of existence, uh, of God's existence and not. And finally, what we agreed about was one thing. It's all the matter of faith. I believe that there is God. They, they believe that there is no God. We talked about uh, the life after death. And you know, uh, as some, uh, if somebody tells me there is no life after death, my argument is the same as the opposite side, namely, how do you know that there, uh, there is no life after death? Do you, have you been there ever? No. So how can you know that? It's a matter of faith. I believe that God exists. I believe in his power I believe in uh, that he created everything out of nothing. Bible doesn't give us much uh, evidence, uh, just ah, evidences. Evidences enough doesn't give us much proof the, uh, of God's existence. Besides probably the creation. It's written in the Bible, the heaven and the earth, everything proclaims the glory of God. And we can know God, and even the heathen people can know God because of the creation. So we look at the beauty of the creation, and now I look, uh, I'm looking through my uh, window, and it's so beautiful. It's, uh, it's the fall and fall colors, and it's so beautiful, and God is everywhere in this creation. I can see it, but many people cannot. And after sitting in Sukkah, at the end of the Sukkah, there was uh, a Jewish holiday called Simchat Torah, a joy about the Torah. So the, uh, the Jewish tradition says the Torah was given at the Feast of Pentecost, so Shavuot. But the new year of the Torah reading starts after, uh, after Sukkot. So we celebrated the Torah. Uh, God gave us the Bible. God gave us his word. Uh, usually we dance with the Torah scroll. 
at our Messianic congregation. So we dance with that according to Jewish tradition. Due to the corona uh, situation, we couldn't do that. So everybody was dancing with his or her own Bible. It was my joy about God's word. But you know what happens to this, uh, to, uh, to this holiday? No, on this uh, on this holiday, we finished the cycle reading through the f- uh, through the first five books of the Bible according to the Jewish tradition from Genesis through the Deuteronomy, and we scroll uh, we roll the scroll back from Deuteronomy to uh, to Genesis, and we start reading Genesis. So there is a new cycle, and what is uh, the first uh, verse of the Bible? Do you remember that? I'm sure you do. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. You remember that, right? So that's the, uh, these are the words the Bible be- uh, starts with. And now, are there any proof that God exists? Is there anything, I mean, like just God tries to convince us about his existence, that we are to believe in him or something like that? No way. The Torah starts by saying God created. The creation speaks for him. But but it's interesting that the Bible never spent time before the creation story to show or just like to prove to us that there is God. We have unique God, the one who created everything. And now I want to talk about this uh, first verse of the Bible. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Um, Well, so far, so good. He created everything out of nothing, even according to the Jewish tradition. It's not a Christian tradition, first of all, that God created everything out of nothing. But the Jewish mindset of the first century AD was telling that. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Is it it? Is there maybe something else in this verse, what is hidden? The Jewish tradition was wondering about that, and not just Jewish tradition, also some biblical authors. Do you remember how God was creating everything? Was there like a manual to, uh, to follow, to read just like an instruction how to create uh, the heaven and the earth. So when I buy something like like a vacuum cleaner, there is uh, there is always a manual how to use it. There is nothing about uh, like manual uh, for creation. God was doing that in a very interesting way. Like for example, verse three. Then God said, "Let there be light," and there was light. Verse uh, verse. Uh, verse 5, God called the light day and dar- and the darkness he called light. And the verse 6, then God said, let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters and so forth. So how God was creating everything? By saying that. So it was looking like, uh, if you can see it on uh, on my screen, God was standing like this, or his hands were behind this bag. I don't know what uh, position he, uh, I mean, what what gesture there were, but he was saying like, light, and there was light. Earth, and there was earth. He was saying, well, moon, 
and there was moon, sun, sun, stars, a goat, and there was a goat, a tree, and there was a tree, a river. Just he was saying, and it was coming to uh, to uh, its being in, in its existence. So God was creating by saying something, and uh, the spirit of God working through the people uh, writing the Bible in Psalm, in Psalm uh, 33 says that uh, just puts in uh, puts the following words in uh, in the mouth of the one who says this uh, psalm, namely. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and by the breath of his mouth, all their hosts. And verse 9, for he spoke, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. So, God created everything by his word. Now, so far, so good. He was speaking. But the Jewish mindset, biblical Jewish mindset, never ceased, never stopped thinking about this word, a special way God created everything. And then in uh, Proverbs chapter 8, we read the following verses. And I read from Proverbs chapter 8, from verse 22 through verse 31. And here, chokhmah in Hebrew, God's wisdom speaks. And the wisdom of God says the following words. The Lord possessed me at the beginning of his way, before his works of old. From everlasting I was established, from the beginning, from the earliest times of the earth, when there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no springs abounding with water, before the mountains were settled, before the hills, I was brought forth. While he had not yet made the earth and the fields, nor the first dust of the world, when he established the heavens, I was there when he inscribed a circle on the face of the dead and deep, when he made firm the skies above, when the springs of the deep became fixed, when he set for the sea its boundary, so that the water would not transgress his command, when he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was beside him as a master workman, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him, rejoicing in the world, his earth, and having my delight in the sons of men. I just, the wisdom of God speaking. In this chapter, in this passage, can you see what we were just reading or mentioning about the Genesis chapter 1? It's the chapter 1 of Genesis. But God was not alone. There was the word of God. There was the wisdom of God with him. 
you see the development of God of uh, of God's revelation and all this in chapter one as God was Genesis chapter one as God was about to create a man he said let us create man according to our image the Jewish uh, tradition explains this passage by saying God was speaking to the heavenly court according to uh, the to the passage from Proverbs 8 that we just read God was speaking to Hachma wisdom and they were discussing how to do that because to a certain extent God and his wisdom are one. The wisdom was before everything was created. The wisdom was and is pre-existent. And we know from the Bible that only God is pre-existent. It's a mystery of God and the Jewish tradition kept thinking about it. And in the time of the second temple, so in so-called second temple period, even before Yeshua, Jesus was born, the Jew, or at, this, at that season, Jewish tradition came to interpret Genesis chapter 1, uh, the verse that we, uh, we uh, read with you at the very beginning, namely, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Inter in the, the Jewish tradition interpreted this verse in the following way. There was wisdom in the beginning, and wisdom was creating that. And then the Jewish tradition interpreted, or different streams of Jewish mindset interpreted this in different ways. Some said it's the Torah. The Torah was there in the beginning, and the Torah was creating everything. And everything this uh, Pharisaic uh, tradition said, and everything was created for the sake of the Torah. And another Jewish tradition, uh, I mean, more uh, Aramaic Jewish tradition said there was a Memra. So wisdom, Chachma, became in, uh, in Aramaic Memra, word in, uh, in Aramaic. And in Greek language, it became Logos for, uh, for the school uh, of like Philo. Uh, Alexandrian, uh, Alexandrian school. So all or many multiple Jewish streams in multiple languages Jewish people used to speak at that time. They came to the idea the first verse of the Bible speaks about God's creation, but God was not alone there. And you know what I'm, uh, what I'm going to, uh, to say next. You can assume what passage I mean uh, I, I have in mind now, right? John chapter 1. The same, it sounds the same as, the, as Genesis 1, 1. So John, uh, John 1, in verse 1, it's written, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came being through him. And apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. In him was life. And the life was the light of man. The light shines in the darkness. And the darkness did not 
comprehended. John, the Apostle John, he knew the first Messianic prophecy in the Bible. When I ask my students or, uh, or Christians, where is the first Messianic prophecy in the Bible? Uh, the, just the earliest prophecy, the first in the Bible. Usually the answer is Genesis 3.16 about the seed of a woman. And I say, usually, no, take it a little bit earlier. And then we come to, finally, to Genesis 1.1. The Bible, the Torah, begins with the prophecy of the Messiah. What we read, uh, just read in, uh, in John chapter 1 reminds us, create, the story of creation reminds us of Psalm 33, reminds us of the wisdom in Proverbs chapter 8. And the passage we read from Proverbs says, the wisdom was delighted with men. The wisdom was not just with God. The delight of the wisdom was with the man. And that's why in John chapter 1, verse 14, we read, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we saw his glory, glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. Who was there at the beginning? The one who came in flesh, the word of God. The one we know now by name, Yeshua in Hebrew, Jesus in English. He was there. He was the creator with God. And the final or the last passage that I want uh, to read with you this morning is in Colossians chapter 1, verses 13 through 17. And again, I know you, you know these passages by heart. And still, it's such a delight to read it. Colossians chapter 1, verses 13 through 17. For he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Praise the Lord. That's our Messiah. That's our Savior. That's the one who told us that everybody who is given to him by Father will never be lost. Our salvation is stable as the universe or even stronger. Because the one who created everything and created everything for his glory, 
loves us, protects us, keeps us. I was trying to talk about that with the, Jew, uh, with the Jewish atheists in the sukkah. Well, I'm not sure I convinced them. It's not a science. It's faith. But I was praying for them, and I'm praying for them even now to have faith. For God to touch their hearts, to take the veil uh, away from their eyes, for them to see the glory of God. I know it's not, a, it's not just of science, of logic, and not of uh, our convincing words. I remained atheist till I came to the Wailing Wall one day, and you probably know my story. I touched the wall in the old city of Jerusalem, and I instantly believed in God. It was like electricity struck me. I don't know how it happened. Nobody told me about God at that moment, but I knew that he is real. And you know what? I praise him for that. It changed my life. And I'm, I'm absolutely grateful, thankful, and happy for that discovery. Our goal, our task is to share the gospel, to talk about the Messiah, to talk about the salvation, to talk about the, the love of God and love of Yeshua, Jesus. Everything else is in God's hands. Everything else is his business, and the business of the Holy Spirit to touch the hearts. We pray for our families, for our children, for our relatives, for our parents sometimes, like in my case, for them to become believers. We pray for our friends. We do the best we can to share the gospel and to be examples of God's uh, grace and God's love and God's light uh, of this world. But that's probably all we can do. And we try and trust everybody in God's hands. But you know, we go through tough times now, as you understand, health-wise, polit uh, politics, situations, um, relationships. We have many different struggles, all of us, more or less. But at the same time, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the heavens and the earth. He is the author of everything. And our Savior, Yeshua, is at the core of all things. And when I look in my window, through my window now, and I see the sky and I see the trees, I'm just reminded the creator of this all loves me. The creator of this all knows my suffering. The creator of this all, he saves me. He never abandons me. He cares for me. Now and into the life eternal. In the beginning, God created the heaven and earth. It's our God. It's our Father. And it's our Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus. His name be praised forever. Amen. Let me pray, if I may, at the conclusion. 
Avino Malkeno, our father and our king, we are so grateful that we have the creator and maker of all this world and universe as our father who loves us. We are grow so grateful and thankful for the Messiah, for our Savior, who is the word and wisdom of God was there in the beginning, pre-existent and one with the Father. We are so grateful for the work of the Holy Spirit in our hearts, for the fact that you opens, you opened our minds to see you, to believe in you, and to entrust our lives into your hands. It's not because of our wisdom. It's not because somebody even convinced us or we just discovered that by our own strengths. But because your mercy, your grace, and because of the work of your spirit in our lives. We're grateful for the salvation. We're grateful for the gospel that we are privileged to believe in. And now we pray and ask you for our family members, for friends, for colleagues, and other people who we care, who don't believe in God or in Jesus yet. Open their hearts, send your spirit, change their lives, change their attitude toward you, change their worldview in general. Do your miracle in their lives. And now in these challenging times, as the creator and maker of the universe, as all, an all-powerful God, give us strength, fill us with your spirit, Encourage us, guide us, lead us, and strengthen our faith for the time being now into the life eternal. We ask you for your blessing for us and for our families. In the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah, amen. <laughs>